Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're back here on the second guest show. Mike Detelier along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert, live from the Silver Slipper Casino Beachside right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. Come on by and visit us. We'll be on until 7 o'clock tonight, and then it's Monday night football, playoff style between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. On our Oakland Hard Jewelers Talking Text line, Nick Carboni, sports director of WCNC out in Charlotte. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Nick, uh, no real surprise, Bob and I talked about this last week, that, that David Tepper would make a move, I think, for Sean Payton for the interview and see how that process goes. Come on, if you were $20 billion, uh, give or take a, a million here or there. Uh, man, he's looking for big game. And I think this tells me two things. He wants to land Payton. And secondly, it tells me he wants somebody else other than Wilkes as his coach. Come on, you're not doing all this if you're going to bring back Steve as your head coach. And I think when you're dealing with multi-billionaires, uh, they want to do things their way. And I think he showed patience last year, certainly, with Matt Rule. But he couldn't spell it today. I think he, he wants to move in a different direction. Yeah, I, I think we've – and thank you for having me. I think we've seen a few things with this coaching search, which the GM, Scott Fitter, initially told us was not going to be a long list of candidates – well, they've been hovering around 10 since the weekend. So it is a long list. They're, they're busy, and they're interviewing potential defensive coordinators to bring in here as well. So I think when you looked at the list pre-Sean Payton, it showed you that they really want to go offensive side of the football. Besides uh, Steve Wilkes, there was no defensive candidate because D'Amico Ryans wasn't going to interview and Gerard Mayo wasn't going to interview two guys that they had uh, targeted late in the ballgame. So they, they really want to go offense. That has been, you know, the, the buzz with David Tepper. He is enamored, uh, as many are, and probably rightfully so, with uh, making offense a priority for your football team. And, and Steve Wilkes, he had a limited roster, but he's a defensive, more conservative-minded coach. And then, you're right, David Tepper is not going to sit by idly while other teams go out and interview Sean Payton, a coach with a 63% winning percentage over the course of a long career, playoff success, and a Super Bowl ring. He's just not going to let that happen. Monetarily, money is no issue for David Tepper. We saw that in the contract he handed out Matt Rule. I'm sure he would hand out a fat one to Sean Payton. Uh, the, the key is obviously going to be the price point in terms of the compensation, and that's where things get tricky because the Panthers would love to utilize that number nine overall pick this year to trade up to get a quarterback or select a quarterback, and if you're – Shelling that over to the New Orleans Saints, that's kind of out the window. Now, uh, you know, Nick, when you look at uh, the draft compensation, it could be, um, you know, future picks and all that. Uh, that. But I think if it's an NFC South team, 
I think the Saints won that ninth overall pick this yeah, year from Carolina. Because you could be more demanding. We're going to have to face Sean Payton like twice, twice a, year. a year. Right. So, yeah, uh, in, in that regard. But when you look at where Carolina's at, and uh, the, what is the patience of Mr. Tepper? Is it like, <laughs> uh, I have no patience. I'm ready to win now because when you think about it, I guess it's a long time ago. Uh, look, uh, Carolina was 15-1. and one. They had the MVP in the league in Cam Newton. Now they lost the Super Bowl, but it's always what have you done for me lately. So does he think right now uh, that, hey, look, I want to turn this around now, and that's why I want the significance of like a Sean Payton uh, to come on board and uh, to make us be uh, amongst the best, whether it be like uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the, the, the Buffalo Bills, or the Eagles, whatever your perception is, who's the best. But with that being said, uh, would he leave that up to uh, Sean Payton, whether Sam Darnold's the answer or not, as far as the future quarterback? Nick, uh, let, let me jump in there. I remember this a few years back in this draft class when Darnold came out, Baker Mayfield got picked. One thing Sean told me is, man, if I had my choice of any of the quarterbacks, I think Sam Darnold is a stud quarterback, and I think he's going to be a star in the NFL. Oh, He had a real strong opinion of Darnold when he came out of USC. So I will just throw that in, that he had that mindset before Sam got picked by the Jets. That's interesting, and, you know, I could see a situation if Carolina were to go out and give the Saints that number nine pick plus probably another of their picks at least because they they have a good haul for this year's draft because of the McCaffrey trade, and they don't have the ammo to also get a quarterback in the draft. I could see a situation in which Sam Darnold and Sean Payton maybe would have to work together for a year, and it'd be up to Payton to kind of continue to build on the progress that Darnold made. Because for about a four- or five-week stretch, Sam Darnold played the best football of his professional career here in Carolina. He didn't have any turnovers until the Tampa Bay game, the penultimate game of the season, uh, and, he, and he played very well. His last game, as you guys know, in New Orleans, statistically uh, was terrible. He made a big throw at the end to put him in field goal range and, and go on to win the ball game. But he just had a, a, you know, a quarterback rating and a stat line really unworthy of, of football past the, the, the merger, really, I mean, to, to be frank. So Sean Payton would, you know, I think be a good coach to get in here to work with Sam Darnold, and maybe that kind of tides Sean Payton over for the year until they figure out what else they can do with quarterback via draft, free agency, trade, what have you, because he's going to be an attractive person uh, for, you know, maybe a named quarterback to come to Carolina, whether it's this year or next as well, uh, because they're going to want to work with Sean Payton. Uh, Nick, uh, help me out, uh, but just from an outsider looking in, to me, uh, and that wasn't the case last season, but the Carolina offensive line, uh, it seems like, boy, they really turned a corner there when even teams duty were running, can you stop us? And uh, now it might be, I don't know, I don't know if it's boring football as long as you win the game, but to me the offensive line was like night and day compared uh, to what they were last year considering how they put their will on their opponent uh, on the back end of the season under Coach Wilkes? Absolutely. I mean, and, and that all started in the offseason well before Steve Wilkes took over as interim. There was a clear emphasis finally on starting to build out the offensive line. They went out and got a right guard, Austin Corbett, uh, who had won the Super Bowl with the Rams. They picked up center 
Bradley Bozeman, who had been with the Ravens for a long time, didn't plug him in until Wilkes took over and established that run-first identity, but also did a good job uh, calling out protections and protecting the quarterback. And then the biggest one, they used their sixth overall pick on Ikem Iki Aquanu, who uh, you know is a local kid at left tackle, and he had some ups and downs in pass pro, but they think he's going to be really good, and he had a lot more good moments towards the back half of the year than bad ones. So they really started to build that out. I think that'll be attractive to a quarterback that's joining, a coach that's joining here. Uh, the problem was two of those guys, uh, one of those guys, Corbett, that I talked about, and then the opposite guard, Brady Christensen, who was a second-year guy, they both left your place with severe injuries. Corbett tore his ACL, and Christensen broke his ankle, and those injuries are going to keep those guys out for most of the spring, and they're going to be just working their way back into shape, hopefully, for the beginning of next season. So they might have to take a look at those positions, and heading into week 18, I don't think they were too worried about it. So that'll be interesting. But you're right, the offensive line was markedly improved uh, from a year ago. Uh, Obviously helped them set franchise records in the rushing game, but also kept Darnold clean and and bodes well for the future of whoever's playing quarterback. Uh, A lot of reports that uh, they have asked the Saints for permission to speak to Chris Richard, secondary coach, co-defensive coordinator. We already know Atlanta has reached out for Ryan Nielsen, but uh, thoughts on that because this seems to be sort of setting up a deal here where, you know, uh, Tepper is, is working this completely on his own. They say, hey, listen, let, let's bring in uh, at least talk to people that could be a potential staff. But Chris Richard's got a lot of skins on the wall. He's done this a long time. And so it's interesting that the word is out that they have asked for permission to talk to Chris Richard. Yeah, is that, is that part of the Rooney rule to go after Richard? Because look at Coach Wilkes, the coach you have. I mean, to me, that's just Tepper trying to do the, okay, we're going the right way and we're going to utilize the Rooney rule. To me, that's just a token interview. The other thing, too, is he's already been, uh, it was Mayo that's already turned him down. He's going to stay in New England. Yeah. D'Amico Ryan's going to stay in San Francisco. That almost is telling you, Nick, I think people believe that they've got their coach already. They think that right now that Carolina may be the front runner unless something happens in L.A. with the Chargers that Tepper's money and his influence will get Peyton to Carolina. I think he's going to have a strong chance at Sean Payton once they sit down together. I believe Sean said that was going to be Friday in New York City because I think Sean Payton's going to see an aggressive owner who wants to win, who has the resources to try and go out and win. And for Tepper, if it costs that pick that you maybe wanted to use on a quarterback, well, now you've got somebody that can attract perhaps a different quarterback to come into the building. In terms of Richard, I mean, the Panthers are really conducting simultaneous interviews right now. They're on two different tracks, one for head coach, one for defensive coordinator. So that's for defensive coordinator. So I don't believe that would count towards the Rooney rule of, Uh, looking at two external minority candidates for head coach. Steve Wilkes does not count towards that since he's in the building. Uh, They had Caldwell, obviously said Mayo and and Ryans, as you guys mentioned, have each kind of withdrawn from the search here. Uh, So they've got got some work to do in terms of that. But I think, yeah, they're they're looking at it's an interesting point you you bring up is that Richard with the familiarity with Peyton and New Orleans, 
like, could this be kind of conjoined here, these two searches? Uh, it wouldn't put it past me for them to be doing that. They're obviously conducting multiple searches at the same time and seeing what they might have at coordinator positions while they try out and go get try go out and try to get the best you know head coach possible. And Sean Payton is at the top of that list. When you look at their ten candidates, there's nobody better than Sean Payton. So I, that, there could be something to that for sure. Now, well, were you as I mean, surprised as I was, I thought, oh, Carolina's going to fall off the map. Uh, look, they got rid of Coach Rule, and then uh, everyone loves Christian McCaffrey. He's going to the 49ers. That the success they had on the back end of the season, how they didn't give up with Coach Wilkes. I mean, to me, that shows you that they have players and they respond to coaching and all that, what comes about. Because usually when you, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey's a household name, and you get rid of your head coach, then it, uh, it for sure it's a tank job. But that wasn't the case with Carolina. And then Robbie Anderson, yeah. they dealt him off after he threw the like Cardinals. a little fit with on the, the sidelines. Yeah. yeah, they traded him off. <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised that Wilkes was able to guide that roster to 6-6 six and six and be on the precipice and one win away of a playoff spot, controlling their own destiny, heading into Week 17. But having been here since right after the Super Bowl, Steve Wilkes was around then. He was on Ron Rivera's staff as secondary coach, ultimately defensive coordinator before he left for Arizona. And everybody building respected Steve Wilkes. The players loved him. Uh, Ron Rivera was just a huge fan and, and really did his best to try and elevate Wilkes through the ranks here. So it was no surprise that when he came back here just this year, just this offseason, under Matt Rule, and the locker room looked a lot different. I mean, he took hold of some of those guys, even that were not at his position group defensive backs, and really earned their respect. And that spread throughout the locker room as soon as he took over. I think Steve Wilkes came here knowing in the back of his mind, at least, and maybe he was even told up front, that he would have a chance if Matt Rule didn't make it the whole season to take over. He had a plan ready to go. He implemented it right away, and it stuck right away. So I wasn't surprised the the respect and the fight the players had for him, but I don't think you can not be surprised by trading Christian McCaffrey, trading your number two receiver, going through a, a sea change like that as head coach, getting off to a one and four, one and five start, and still finishing six and six under the interim. Uh, that surprised basically everybody outside the building. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. I got a feeling, Nick. We're going to talk a little bit more in the next week or so. Uh, just a gut feeling that if, unless the L.A. Chargers get involved, yeah. uh, that may well be the landing spot. Like it I may said, well like, be. Like, like, like where you guys are today, money is no issue with David Tepper. He'll That's take a gamble right. on it for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, you're worth $20, 25000000000 billion, you know, $20 million a year. And I do know Sean knows how to count money. Yeah. He knows how to count it real well. And so that, exactly. that is going to play a part. I know he talks about ownership, and I know that's a big part of it. I think he can work around that quarterback issue one way or another. Yeah. But I think for money sure. is going to be a major, major factor, and David Tepper's got it. Thanks so much, Nick. We appreciate it, bud. Always, guys. We'll talk All right, to you later. Nick. That was Nick Carboni covering the Carolina Panthers and uh, Bob it, a lot of twists and turns but uh, in, in this, and it may have another twist again, depending on what happens with the Chargers. 
But um, hey, well, uh, I can tell you what's the bottom line. A lot of us are like, uh, all of a sudden, all the who that nation, our brain is frying. Uh, where is Sean going? This or that. All I know is, uh, I look at this. This will give you uh, where you can sleep at night. The Saints are going to have a first round draft pick coming up, and potentially a top ten because of Sean Payton. <laughs> so don't worry that, that that's how that's the glass half full, the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, where is Sean going? He's going here. He's going there. Now, we're going to get a first-round draft pick for Sean Payton. And just make it work yeah. with that first-round pick. Yeah, you gotta, Having one and, and making the right yeah, pick yeah, are yeah, two yeah, different you have, things. You have to pick the right player. We'll be back with more second guests right after this break here on the Big 870. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 